I guess my first question is, when you guys can give a, a brief comment, um, what do you think the key to successful expansion is within the journey? What does it look like when it's successful? Or maybe a better word than successful would be healthy, healthy expansion. So uh, Danny or anybody else who's ready to comment on that? Well, I mean, I think as far as healthy, when just the first thing that comes to mind is, is the mission happening. Are we seeing people become in a close proximity with Christ? And uh, if that's happening, that's successful. And well, that, that, that's regardless of what form it's in. I'll just leave it at that for a moment. Okay. 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 For me, healthy is, first of all, is my soul healthy? And if my soul's healthy, then I can expand uh, the ministry and I do it maybe a little bit differently than most of you will do it. Uh, first of all, I was a product of Henry Gutierrez saying, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, when we got this, we had the old, old version of what uh, um, Rocky had written. In fact, it came to the point where uh, myself and my co-guide, we were having to translate Southern into something that people could understand. <laughs> <laughs> Southern and, to English to, to Spanish. Okay, yeah. And no, into English. Oh, just into English. Okay, all right. Because <laughs> we have a dynamic. We have an English-speaking congregation, and we have a Spanish-speaking congregation. So we were working with the English-speaking congregation. And that was uh, the first and the ever time I've ever had a co-guide. The rest of the time, it's been me and the Holy Spirit doing it. And that, for me, is uh, being healthy in direction is being under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, where some of, I was a little different because I been, had been leading Bible studies for a number of years. So to go into the process of something more, uh, and the journey was maybe a little bit easier than some of you. And my idea of expansion is more so, as you said, uh, and I think about Philip and the eunuch, a group can be two. And from my standpoint of where we do it, we adjust. I travel a lot. I've led my group from in the middle of the Indian Ocean to the middle of the Pacific, and I adjust my time so that I can meet with them. And if they have a conflict, then we adjust our times so that we can still meet. Okay. So it doesn't just have to be a set time and a set group in a set place. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is and the people that are there in the group willing to be there. 
And so, Mara, I would say you're, the biggest expansion you saw was going from the men to the women in Bakersfield, right? Right. But anyway, what would you say? Well, I'm a little jealous here. Did you get the questions ahead of time? <laughs> no, these are notes I made. Oh, but how did you know what notes to make? Because the Spirit told me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, expansion. Well, as far as far as uh, ministry expansion, God want, needs to call you. And actually, my husband called me, but I was just minding my own business one day, and he looked down and said, "The men would really like a women's group." And God said, "Do it." And I was like, and I opened up my calendar and picked a date that I was mostly free on for work and I just cleared it for the next nine months and um, as far as expansion uh, I've heard the word organic you don't need to do anything just guide the women you're not leading like many of us have said we're guiding and um, for those who stick around for those who dive deep um, God does the work. The Holy Spirit does the work. And it's a beautiful. It's, to watch women find that personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the best gift. The best, best gift. Les? Uh, you know, I'd first start by saying I agree with all of you guys. Uh, I would say one of Rocky's favorite lines is, start small, go deep, pray big, right? Uh, and so th that, of course, is um, what I would say first off. But I would also say um, one of the things that I think for expansion is, as Rose said, we ourselves have to be aligned vertically with him. And then uh, I take it seriously of the men that I uh, mentor and pour into because I can't do this on my own. I can only go so far uh, with the Lord. He can go. He can keep going. But I, we have mentored men at our house, my wife and I, every Tuesday for the last six years. They come for lunch. And now pouring into those guys, now five or six years later, they have now broken off and they're doing lunches to mentor other men so that we can expand the ministry. And so uh, I get to watch it now and it, it's fabulous. I get to watch these ladies do what they do and uh, expansion is in his hands, not our hands, uh, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part and that's do the best I can to pour into these ladies um, and to pour into the men. Yeah, Les, I would say I've seen you, you know, you've spent a lot of time investing into relationships and into the people and all that stuff. And it, it, it you know, you started at, even with your own church, what, 42 came or whatever, which by your numbers would be small, right? I mean, you guys do big numbers, you know, but I mean, you started small. I mean, you really, I mean, well, you each guy just invited five guys, whatever. So you started very small, you know, but, but just that investment in time and sticking with it, not giving up on these guys, and it's paid off. So, yeah. Um, we talk about our, our model is really a decentralized model. So it's not a top-down ministry. It's uh, we have a board and we have an organization, a 501c3 and all that. But it's very decentralized, which means the regions 
kind of form what they're going to look like and how they operate and all that kind of stuff. They have, we encourage them all to have boards, which is almost like an elder board that oversees the region. Um, but it's decentralized in the sense that we're not here to control. I mean, you know, we're releasing it. It's a catch and release ministry. Um, we have to hold them accountable to just the principles of the 501c3 and all that and accounting principles of a filing their tax return and all that stuff. But uh, what would you guys say? How would you comment on that? What does the decentralized model look like? Um, have you, what have you guys seen? For us, it's simply that we're on our own. And uh, when God called me to ministry, I was a, a furniture guy for 37 years. And uh, 10 years ago, <laughs> David, knock this stuff off, man. <laughs> Come on. Did you see when I got up here, he handed me this box of Kleenex. He knew. <laughs> Dang. Bummer. Uh, ten years ago, and I came to a summit like this. We were in Malibu. And Rocky and Pete uh, weren't doing very well physically. And Brian and I and Frank met together and said, what are we going to do? If these guys go down, what's happening? <laughs> Which they were going down. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I went out at my quiet time and God just uh, really said to me, what if I had you all the time? And so I stepped away from that business, from the business world at 55 and committed all my time to pouring into my life to the Lord and then in turn oozing out onto others that their life may turn towards Jesus. I don't save anybody. None of us do. We're just good pointers and we point them to the Savior. Um, and so what does decentralized mean to me? Um, the Rocky said you need to form a board, so we formed a board. And when I left uh, the work world, we didn't know if, if we were going to have funding or anything. We didn't care. It was God was going to take care of us. And so what decentralized was, it wasn't um, Arkansas going to fund what was going on in California. It was six men. who stepped up and said, let's keep doing what you're doing. We'll cover your bills. We were 100% decentralized. And so it was godly men saying, hey, there's a need in our community. Would you lead? And I just obeyed. And so uh, we are 100% funded by uh, the gracious gifts of men and women who care about their family members and want to see them come to Christ. And, and fortunately, Brian, we've been able to watch many come to Jesus. So I believe expansion has to do with saving the loss first. And when you say when the lost come to Christ, then you start expanding. And then you get to start discipling them. And... Then our city changes, our homes change, our kids change, our wives change, and that's expanding. You need this stuff too? <laughs> Maybe it'll be a guarantee I won't need it. Just anyway, um, I met and married an influencer. And I was in my 50s, and it's the first time I had, a godly, I had a godly man in my life before, but a godly leader. 
man who led the household. And I um just meeting Les and um, starting a group with Marty Marchand and Eileen Campbell and just watching influencers women grow and the magnitude that it has grown and how Les has come up alongside of us and he wants us to flourish and he wants us to succeed and the board supports us so well above and beyond. They offer things that we, I can't even talk about, you'd be jealous. <laughs> they support us really well. And, uh, but they're godly men leading us women. They've paved the way. So everything they've done with influencers, we're just piggybacking on and just growthifying it. Um, beloved is a piggyback of Soli. We just piggyback on what they've done and growthify it. And just having men leaders, a leader in my life, but men leaders coming up behind us is so different than what a lot of us have experienced in life. And it's sweet. Decentralized. I am probably more plugged in uh, with Influencers USA <laughs> than I am with Costa Rica because Henry, uh, he's basically working with the Spanish-speaking congregation. Uh, when I say I'm more plugged in, I will take uh, references from influencers to uh, minister, if you will, to uh, to lead and to mentor uh, people. I have had, um, I think I mentioned to some, I've, I've uh, led a, a group with a woman that is from Malaysia who was living in London, who was working in Copenhagen. <laughs> and then the other person that was part of it uh, was in West Virginia. And so now we have, uh, I'm leading a group, it's, they're usually smaller, with one in Houston and one in Costa Rica. So it doesn't matter to me where somebody is because God sends us wherever they're needed. And if need be, um, I will invest my own funds <laughs> to make sure that they have the material um, so that we could, we could work through it together. So um, we don't have a board, <laughs> uh, except that I'm a, I'm a board with Jamie and a couple other people. You know, it's, it's different. And so that's why one of the things that I say, uh, have an idea of not just uh, being part of a group that you're centrally located with. Expand yourself to other places and to other people that don't look like you, maybe don't even speak the same language well as you do. And that's my goal in life is to reach people and not be hemmed into a box of people who think and walk and talk 
and and look like me. And one of the things that maybe this is not appropriate, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> From Second Titus chapter two, it tells us we talked about what older men should do, but it says in the same way older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Uh, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are not to, uh, they are to teach what is good so that they may encourage young women to love their husbands and to love their children and to be self-controlled, pure workers at home and in other places, I add, kind and in submission. So what I do as I, I go different places and travel different places, I may not tell somebody right away, jump into being part of influence, or, but I develop a relationship, and then I love them into influencers. Okay. Danny, let me, let me uh, reframe it a little bit. Um, the women is almost like its own branch, really, of the ministry. It's almost like a region, right? Of it, and we, we don't know how it's all going to shake out exactly, right? But uh, but I think the decentralized is is appropriate for that as well, right? Yeah. So, what's your perspective, Danny? So, speaking of decentralized, you know, and and, and piggybacking off what you just said about the women, you know, you all are here. And you've been birthed out of everything else that's been going on for the last 21 years. Um, but, you know, when I, when I think about decentralized, you know, we, we've, there's a lot of different ways that people are doing. We've heard about form versus function. And, you know, you just heard Les talk and many of you know him. You know what they're doing in California. And many of you are out there. And it's smaller. It's different. It's a different region. Uh, we've got that that's been doing it for how many years? Y'all been out, been going out there 20, 15 years. And then we've got the region in, in Texas that's here represented that's been here where you guys at, uh, that just started with your region just in the last few months, right? Been doing some journey groups, but the region is starting to develop. And, and now this whole women deal, it's, it's happening in all different kinds of ways across the nation. But God's doing an amazing thing. So what does decentralized look? It's, and, and what's the encouragement that I can, could give and the excitement that I see is this function that we have and this process that, that has been downloaded to Rocky and he's shared with all of us that's been through this. It can happen in so many different ways and so many different decentralized ways, but yet with a very clear process that works. And, the, and, the, and all the different nuances of it. And, and so it's, you can know that there's, there's support when you need support. There's freedom to change the form enough to make it function properly when you stay within the parameters of what the, the um, DNA is. And so when you take those two sides of the pendulum, it, it gives so much freedom, but yet so much support. Does that make sense? And, and, it's been it, from sitting on the, the global board and getting to see all these different things happening across the nation. It just kind of blows my mind how we can't dream this stuff up. And the world. <laughs> and the world. I'm sorry. Remember it's happening in the world. You've heard it mentioned multiple times. It's not a bunch of business guys trying to figure out how to go take this thing and make it happen. This is the Holy Spirit directing 
and and saying I'm not saying you have to do everything exactly the way those those guys did it. Ladies, take it and run with it. They've given the support to do it good, though. Well, let me tell you this real quick, um, and I, I want to take questions. But uh, I showed you guys the the org chart. There's a little backstory to that. Um, I started kind of. I'm the organizational leader, executive director. So I started thinking, man, this thing's growing. We're gonna maybe we need to have less instead of being a regional director, become an area director over five states. And we need. I started thinking about all these new positions. I started thinking like a businessman, and, and it was looking like a normal org chart. And and the more I tried to do that, the more it was just like, no, no, that's not it. And uh, and then he reminded me of John 15 of the vine and the branches and all that. And, and just this beautiful thing that Jesus is the CEO. He's the root of it all. And then it's all going off of that. So I said, well, okay, well, what's the global office's role? You know, he said, you're an assistant to the gardener. So our job is just to assess how's the garden doing? How's the vineyard doing? And you know, the newer branches need a little more attention, right? And we got to come help help them a little bit more, the new cities, the new the new branches, maybe the women's ministry. We got to help them a little bit. Guys like Les and all that, we don't neglect them, but they don't need as much help. And we see the healthy fruit coming off of it. They don't need as much help, but the newer ones, and then every once in a while there needs to be a little bit of pruning. Maybe there's a dried up branch, it's just not, you know, whatever. So that's kind of our role, I think, is just to every day be prayerful about what's needed in the garden, you know, how we can help fertilize, how we can help water, how we, where, where pruning's needed, whatever. Does that make sense? So what questions do you have just kind of about our leadership and expansion and all these kind of things? So. Is it working? Okay. He said it was red, so it may not be working. Um, so our question we have together is, I know, you know, start small. So we're going to be starting really small. And, um, but you also don't want to just keep it in one place because it's not meant to be kept in one church and think that that's the church that's doing it and everybody's afraid to come to it. So, I mean, what are some ideas to really reach out to the community that's doing something? I mean, there's got to be ideas instead of, I'm not, I, I know we pray and it's going to come and here we do, but there has to be some ideas that people have used to really reach out to the community, other churches. And I keep hearing where I moved from every single person, they're very territorialized. There's no way anybody's going to come. They only like their territory. They only like their place. So how do you jump that hoop? Did you say territorial? Yeah. Very territorial. Yeah. So how do you jump that hoop? So how do you guys, what do you guys think about moving out of a church into the community? You know, where it's not just in one church, it's a bigger community thing. Well, that's where I see the direction of things going. Because like you say, people are very territorial. They're denominational. They're set in their ways because we used to do this that way all the time. And so now why should we change it? But it's it's about reaching out and loving those, number one, in your community, those that you come across in the world, in different places, and also about what maybe other organization you can plug into that may have a uh, religious, I don't, I don't like that word, but a faith, faith base that will draw people into that rather than trying to fight uh, the resistance that you might find in a congregation. 
one of the things I've seen is when we first started, I did it in my home. So that was a safe place people went to. Um, we didn't ask who, what church you went to. We just came together, came together to learn to abide in Jesus Christ. So there wasn't, there wasn't a question of what the faith was. Um, with COVID, Zoom happened. That was another way to reach people all across the world and and, and different places and connect people. And uh, we we um, we understand. Les can speak to this. We understand being in a church because we were in a church and uh, we couldn't really. I'll let I'll let Les speak to that, but we couldn't expand in a certain way because other pastors didn't want to go into another church or, you know, or other congregations didn't want to come in. Um, but we went to a neutral place to a school. We went to for a long time before COVID and um, now we're, we're in a ch churches all across the city. And I'm, I just uh, started a group and there actually is other denominations in there. So I think people right now are just really hungry. And you can get them to go just about anywhere. We had a large group meeting at one church, and we would have anywhere from two to four hundred. We'd go on a retreat, and we'd take six to eight hundred with us. Um, but we found that other church wouldn't join us because they wouldn't send their flock over there. So um, we met with the church officials and leaders and said we were going to step off campus. And we stepped off campus uh, the following week to a Christian high school that, let's call it, was neutral ground. So now churches would send their people because it was at the Christian high school. It wasn't at the other Baptist church or the Mennonite church and, or the Assembly of God church. It was like, okay, we, we would do that. And what it's done is we did it to have kingdom impact, not one church impact. And so now we're in churches all over the city as a result of that one big move. Now, it was difficult because the church said, what are we going to tell everybody? Because if you leave this church, there's going to be trouble. You could split the church. They actually told my wife and I that. And so we kind of laid low and uh, we gave them the idea, hey, you guys have been supporting us for five years. Why don't you just uh, introduce us to the congregation as missionaries to Bakersfield? And they thought that was the greatest idea ever. They brought us up on stage. They introduced us and we became missionaries to Bakersfield. And all was good. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. One other, uh, uh, if I don't mind, if you don't mind. <laughs> I can't control you, Rosie. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, look for the Pied Piper. And they'll tell you that even in business. Look for the Pied Piper. And who did Jesus look to? Tax collectors? hypocrites, <laughs> sinners, what have you. And I have seen uh, those Pied Pipers, even druggies, turn and come to the Lord and be willing to surrender and be changed. So that's my thought. Look for the Pied Piper. Other questions? Yes. I just wanted to say how 
eternally grateful. I am that you guys were sensitive enough to answer the call. Because I think for a long time, women have been praying for this silently. And to see men actually be examples in stepping up to the plate, that they're willing to let God lead, is something I would never see in my lifetime. And I am so grateful for you guys answering the call and giving us the courage to now do the same. I'm so grateful. So thank you. What other questions anyone might have about new cities? I, you know, I was thinking also um, when you're getting started is, uh, you know, you got to be wise, right? Wise as serpents. Uh, you have to like utilize social media maybe, you know, you got you to gotta start letting people know that it's out there, you know, and, and go beyond, you know, and, you know, the non-conventional plays and all that. So. Okay, go ahead. One of the things we're finding about expansion is we have some groups that are hybrids. They meet with six to 10 guys in a room and they have 16 to 20 guys that are on Zoom from all over the country. Okay, so what we're finding is this, is guys come in, they spend a year in that group. And like we have a, a group in Florida right now and there's six, seven guys that meet at one house in Florida. They come online, 6 a.m. California time on Friday mornings, okay? So now they're almost done. They're doing commencement uh, in the next month. That group is going to be solo next year in Florida and not have to start on their own and do it by themselves. They've all seen what goes on. And through uh, the beautiful thing called Zoom, they've been able to do it. Now, this group that does do this where we're at is high tech. Their screens are great. Their sound is great. So it feels like you're right at home. So that's one way expansion is happening that we're seeing because we have people in Michigan. You know, I met with Angie's uh, husband, Mike. It was online with us on on a regular basis, so we, we are reaching out that way for expansion. Yeah. I just had a question, I don't know if it's been asked, but like, um, I'm from Bakersfield, so I know how we find out about the different groups, but for other, I have family in, in Tulsa, I have people I know, how do they find out where there's a group? So how do you locate a journey group? Well, we have a we have a website, you know, so that that's one resource. But you can always contact the global office, and we know we know where the pockets are and where the, where the groups are, and, uh, and we also try to post uh, journey opportunities on the website too, like for virtual groups okay, that are about to start, or or even guide mentoring opportunities and all that. But uh, again, I think the global office is really responsible for new places. You know, these guys are busy in their current region; they don't have time to be worried about new deals. So yeah, send them our way, and we can all, we'll always try to. Help plug them in. Jamie has started to help me uh, deal with the women, and I kind of focus on the men a lot. You know, I, I do both. But uh, but anyway, we're yeah, we we don't want anyone left behind. You know, if someone wants in a group, we'll we'll work to get them in either in a virtual group or figure out if we can get a local group where they are or train them to do one. So yeah, contact. one thing that 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 I say to uh, everybody sitting in here is responsible for spreading the word that they get out to us to somebody else. I mean, are you sending out 
the daily bulletins that they give us or uh, letting people know that there is a even a five-day or ten-day, now we're in the 50-day walk um, of the Jesus' commandments. So you have a responsibility as well as influencers to send that out to people that are your friends, your neighbors, don't care where they are. We got social media to get it out. You know, they said you would make, Jesus said you'll make disciples of Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, you know, and the ends of the earth. I mean, it's kind of like the global office is kind of like the hub or, you know, we're kind of like the Jerusalem, maybe, if you will. I mean, not that we're better than anyone else, but we, we just disseminate information. We, we're, the, we're the center of the hub. We know what's going on all over the place. So, so use us as a resource for sure. And I hope that everybody is plugged into the daily email. Do you guys know what she's talking about? We have a daily abide email. If you're not on that, you can get put on there by going to the website and signing up, subscribing, or whatever. But uh, a lot we put out information every day in that email of what's going on around the country. So, but but the biggest point is you guys are part of the expansion. You know, someone's going to find out about this be through you, um, and and that's so gratifying. It's almost like a, someone explained it this way. The first year I did it, it's kind of like you're going to end up having a spiritual family tree one day, and it's going to like. Like I meet guys in Tulsa, I, and I led the first journey group in Tulsa, and there's guys who've gone through that don't even know who I am. But it was, you know, little do they know, you know, if I wouldn't have been obedient and stepped up and and done that, and my co-guide and all that, they might have not had the opportunity. You know? So who's in your spiritual family tree years down the road? But it's the little steps of obedience now that are going to lead lead to that down the road. So be listening to the Holy Spirit what he's saying this weekend to you about that. I think one of the other things is learning from one another. Um, Amy Pennington over here, her husband, uh, who came out of Bakersfield, we learned stuff from them. Uh, currently, if you were to go on his website, you would see all the different journey groups that meet up and down the coast of California. And you can know who leads it, their phone number, and you can reach them through that. So our staff, which is a lot younger than me, has decided, okay, so we've gone to QR codes. We put QR codes on everything so people can go straight to uh, a journey group and find it quicker. And so there's a lot of ways to get that information out, don't Any other questions that are popping up in your mind? <laughs> Les has a question. You're probably wondering, how did I get such a pretty wife? Okay. There she is. I'm really lucky. So, so since there's a pause in the action, we're talking about family here. I heard you mention a while ago that you were hoping that, that to see some champions step out, step out. Say what you said a while ago about a virtual group. Yeah, I, uh, well, I think uh, there was an idea earlier in one of the earlier sessions. There was a couple of ladies uh, that said that they really want to go through the journey. They'd never been through it. They felt like they were supposed to come to this and they want to go through the journey. And, uh, and I said, well, I think that we can make that happen. There's ladies here who could lead a virtual journey group. And, uh, and we thought how cool it would be to have a group of maybe 12 ladies from here that were here together this week and go through the journey together. You know, and you already have the bond starting here. You can meet them face to face. You don't have to wait till commencement or something like that to meet them. So, so anyway, we think that's uh, going to be in the works here shortly. 
So what I meant by that when I said family, just to throw this out there, my daughter-in-law might shoot me if I, she knew I was telling this group this, but I would tell you I have a daughter-in-law that's primed and ready to go through the journey right now in her mid-20s that I would love to connect her with a virtual because she's traveling with her husband and she's all around. Um, and uh, she would be primed and ready for one of you that gets ready to do it. Call me. I'd love to connect her with y'all. The reason I said I think it's going to happen is there's a lady that I, that I think the Holy Spirit told me was the, the main one to ask, and I've already asked her, and she's praying about it. So, uh, And then she'll have to pray about who her co-guide's going to be, and we'll go from there. But I have, I have full certainty it's going to happen. So, uh, Awesome. And by the way, our husband's been through the journey. That's the reason I said all that. So anyway, good. So I just wanted to say really quick something I haven't heard mentioned that um, the folks from Bakersfield are aware of, but a lot of you aren't aware of, is in Tehachapi, there is, um, you know, the pilot journey for the teenagers that's taking place. And so the kids get together, you know, it's being, it's being led by adults right now. And I don't know what that looks like in the future because I'm not part of all of that, but I just think it's amazing that, um, you know, we're making disciples of um, even our own kids. And I mean, my daughter is, you know, we're driving our daughter up to Tehachapi to participate in that, but I mean, she's in the ninth grade, but wouldn't it be beautiful if she was, you know, guiding a group in her junior and senior year. So it's, it's just growing organically at a very young age. And yeah, never, you, you just never know how he's going to expand it. Um, uh, just, you may or may not know this pretty cool story that happened where we live. Uh, one of our board members is a chiropractor and he's always like, keeping people on the table until they agree to take a journey in the chamber book. He won't let them up. And uh, one of these guys was a coach at the Christian school, a football coach at the Christian school, one of the prominent Christian schools in our area. And uh, the guy thought, this is great. I think i got to tell coach about this. I'm about the head coach. So he, little did he know, the head coach was saying, I want to pour into my staff, but I have no idea how to do it. And so when he found out about it, they thought, okay, here's the way. So all the coaching staff went through a, virtu- a, a local journey group with the chiropractor, and it was so transformational that it changed everything about their program. It, it cha- and I've had parents tell me, you don't understand the difference in the culture of that football team since the coaches all went through the journey. I mean, it was a lot of yelling and screaming, you know, and, and then it turned into, into building the character of these young men, so much so that the head coach said, I want all the players to go through the journey. So they, they took all the players from junior high all the way to high to senior high through the journey. I mean, I have a picture of where Mark came over in his pickup truck and picked up like a hundred journey packs to give to all these football players. So it was so cool. So these young men were like really impacted by the journey. And now the parents, uh, a lot of them go to the same church and all that. Now they're starting to go through couples journey here. So anyway, you just never know how this thing is going to expand. So... Okay, I was going to share that story. Okay, sorry. Anything else? Can I ask a question about the virtual journey? So, uh, um, come through a a personal group, you know, in-person group, it was awesome, but the journey just can't work over the internet, can it? Really? Uh, oh, sorry. We we've even had a commencement uh, over the internet. <laughs> so some of us were present, and then we had other, you know, uh, places. But we've done the washing of the feet and um, the uh, prayer and the luncheon together, and 
actually the giving everybody their spiritual name, um, you know, during their commencement service. So it works. So, so if I've just gone through one of Les's amazing groups and now I'm moving out to somewhere that I don't know anybody. Near St. Louis or something? Yeah, near yeah. St. Louis or something okay. like that. I mean, for instance, um, so, so what do I do? What do you guys say? <laughs> Mara, what would you say? You let the Holy Spirit lead you. Uh, get to know the people in a deeper relationship. Because that, you know, some one-on-one conversation with them and knowing what uh, their needs, their expectations, etc., are. Let the let the spirit guide you and in, in, in which way to go. When you have your prayer retreats, uh, di- generally we try to do it on a Saturday, where they can have several hours together, and we break it up. Actually, if we're all virtual, uh, we may do a prayer retreat. Uh, this Saturday for say three four hours, then we may go the next Saturday or, or Saturday after that for three hours, and we'll give we'll talk and have discussions. Then go and give them hour or so of private time, and then we come back together on the zone. So it's it's doable. I'm not on the island. There is a virtual option that God has worked through. Were you speaking of doing it virtually, or were you speaking of uh, now that you're on your own and gathering men around you? Yes. Okay. (laughs) These hypothetical questions. So what I say to that is, just like us women, and just like the men, when their wives are going through the journey, and they're not following, or maybe they're going to church or pew warmers or wherever they're at in their walk, they see a difference in their spouse. When the husbands, after 30-something years of marriage, go to a solely business, and they come back radically, they've changed, and they go through a journey, and their wife notices. I mean, that's where you catch people. So that person that was on a Zoom meeting that um, re- receives what the Lord has for them, that abiding relationship, and they go into it, and they go deeper, they change and they influence the people around them, and the people around them are going to notice and they're going to want to join whatever it is that you're doing. I'm pretty weird, so um, I'm just going to say for those that go to new areas, no, I'm not going to cry on this one, I don't think. Um, one of my favorite places to go is Home Depot, and I don't go there to shop, I go there because there's lots of men there. And I pray all summer, God, who do you want in my group? I might need those. Uh, God, who do you want? Who do you want me to ask to be in my next year's group? And so I pray to God, and I feel that as we're vertical with him, that he's going to point us to the people that we need to tap shoulders. So I go to Home Depot. I go at 6 in the morning. And God always runs me into people to invite. Now, where you're at, you might go to Walmart doesn't matter but there's nothing wrong with sensing the spirit and standing in line and people see the joy that's coming out of you uh there's so many times i hear people say i want what you got and when they want what you got you got jesus it's not you it's not me i got jesus and that's what they want and so 
I don't have any problem going anywhere that's new, but I'm kind of out there. So, um, Heather, you know that. And there's lots of Walmarts where you're going. So, um, I, I just encourage you, ask, ask the Lord. So when you're talking about the virtual, um, my this is my third year in Journey. My first year was with Amara at the high school, and then next year with COVID hit. And my husband hadn't been to church. I'm the one, 37 years, married 45 years with my husband. And um, so COVID hit, and we had virtual. So I did virtual uh, Zoom with Amara and our group um, in the living room, actually in the dining room. And my husband was always sitting there watching Fox News. For nine months, he heard that. He heard that. You know, he heard Journey through the women. And um, then he went to Soli. And he came back semi-transformed. And then my son-in-law, by default, couldn't go to Soli, so he gave it to my husband. And then when he came back from there, he said, you know, I think I want to do couples. So this year we're doing couples. He hasn't gone through any others and has changed his life. And we have been praying. I have been praying for my husband for 37 years. And he is a new man. It's just like he's my soul brother. He's my soulmate. He's my best friend. He's my Gabe. And solely and bless keeping and praying for him and my son-in-law praying for him has changed his life, and it has changed our marriage. And now we're going to be a legacy to our children, our grandchildren. We have 17 grandchildren, and it's beautiful. And that was through Zoom, from him just hearing it. But the I, want first to say this. I want to say this to you guys real quick. Um, I, I know a, a good friend of mine spent some time with uh, Billy Graham's organist, back during all the crusades and all that, and, and he, he never, my friend had never got to meet Billy Graham, but he asked he said, what was it about Billy? What's the deal? Why, why Billy? And he said, well, he said, uh, Billy would say he wasn't the best orator. He wasn't the best communicator. Wasn't the greatest preacher. Wasn't the best theologian. But God just found in him a man that he could trust. And uh, so my friend said from that, that point on, he decided, I want to be a man God can trust. And I have gotten to see, since I'm, I feel so privileged to be at the global office because I get to hear from people from all over the country, and I have a front row seat, but there are lots of faithful men and women that are just faithful, that are just faithful, and, and because they're faithful, God honors that, and so you don't have to have it all figured out, just be faithful and pray and see what he asks you to do, and he'll, he'll bring you reinforcements, he'll send you help, there's already stuff happening here, people thought they were alone, and already being here, there's already connections being made, oh, I didn't know you lived in my city, I mean, it's amazing, but be faithful. No, all I was going to say is reinforce what Les uh, said. Let them see Jesus in you. And if your face looks like a sour puss, <laughs> they don't see Jesus. <laughs> if you look like you're mad and you hate everybody in the world, they don't see Jesus. So just let your light shine as Jesus shines through you. I'm done. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, last, last word, last we're going to wrap this one up. This is to Rose. She sang a song this morning. He what? He touched me, right? How many of you out there feel that our Heavenly Father has touched you? Come on. Yes, he has, right, Rose? Yeah, so you have everything the world wants.
with me.